what's up y'all it's your girl miracle sims and i'm getting ready to tell you all the easiest way to make your own podcast and that's with anchor by spotify friends listen all you got to do is either download the anchor app or go to anchor.fm and they have everything you need in one place you can record edit and they'll even distribute it and the best thing about it is that it's absolutely free so if you're ready to start your new journey today then go ahead and download the app or go to the website anchor.fm just like yours truly It's your girl Miracle Sims, and you are watching God, Sex, and Love. And friends, I got a good one for you today. Now, ladies, I don't know. I'm gonna talk to the ladies real quick, okay? Ladies, now I don't know about you, but have you ever just wanted to be a fly on the wall in the bed or at the barber shop or something like that, right? Well, in this segment, friends, we're gonna do just that because we are going to get the male perspective. I have three wonderful men of God that are joining me for a conversation about uh, the attack on manhood that is happening right now. So if you don't know what I'm talking about, or if you're just interested in this conversation, then stay tuned. It's a lyrical baby! and blessing y'all was really good and last but not least i don't know why, why, why you last again i don't know last but not least again we got neil newman Greetings. <laughs> back to have this important discussion so fellas let's get it going i want to know do you as men uh and even as christian men you know uh, i'm assuming that all y'all um, but I, I want to know, like, how do you all feel about the dynamic when it comes to uh, manhood these days? Like, do you feel as if there's some type of attack on manhood uh, right now? Yeah, I do. I do? feel um, right now with the media, it's being watered down, it's being pushed. Um, it's more feminized and when you're watching TV shows, they take the strong man out of the family household. And it's like, they're killing off the manly dynamic. And then even with sports, um, everything's watered down. And then it's more of a, um, everything's sensitive. Everything's very sensitive. 
gotta be weak and when you take away the strong man attributes that make up a man you don't have that warrior that we're called to be we're called to be servants we're called to be protectors and all those things that god put in us which are natural they're not bad they gotta be put in place they're even those evil i believe in society now they're killing off um the manly urges that god put in us what y'all got to say about that men folk <laughs> So let me let me right. go to Neil. Neil, what you got to say? Go ahead, Neil. Why are you going, Ryan? Yeah, he had his chops, chops lick. He was about to say something. Oh, wait. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, don't mean to, I didn't mean to cut you off. You was about to say something. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, but you know, you called Neil out first, so I was like, you know, let the brother speak. Well, I just called him out because in the last episode, he was very, very quiet, and I was like, are you there, Neil? Exactly. Yeah. All right. I'll, I'll go ahead. Um. I I do agree. I think I think the man is being watered down. I think it's it's kind of it's a lot. It's just so much. But I think that's just the society that we live in, though. Especially like here in America. I can't speak wholly for anywhere else because I don't live there. But I know in America, it's just it's kind of like a slippery slope. It's like, yeah, you got some men that are just like, just like, dang, that's bad. And then you got, you know, people, the media trying to portray men that, you know, they should be like this. They should be, I I don't know how to explain it. It's just, I agree with Rod, though. (laughs) I'll say that. I'm sorry. The floor is yours, Mr. Brown. Yeah, I apologize for uh, cutting you off earlier. It's all love, sis. We good. It's all good. Um, I do agree also with what Rod said. Uh, I'm going to take a little bit further. I believe that the nucleus family, many people don't realize that it's actually a very divine family. It was orchestrated by the creator of all life, first and foremost. And anything that God does, he puts it in divine order. Anytime you take something that's out of divine order, then you got chaos, you got wreckage, you got hell, you got all kind of different things that are happening. There's an imbalance in the earth. There's an imbalance in the family dynamic. There's an imbalance in the community. There's an imbalance in our society. And many people don't want to uh, call it what it is. And also, you know, within the last, I'll probably say about 400 years, there always has been an attack on men, period. Now it's more written, it's more upfront, and it's more, uh, for a better lack of term, uh, demonic as well. And when you get to the place where you are paying full attention to where men are today and how they were decades ago, we can even go back to two or three decades ago. You know, there was something about the responsibility of men what they were called to do, what their positions were in the family, in the household, um, outside of the household when it comes to work, when it comes to providing, protecting, and, and, and to lead, you know, now it's more of the men want to take the back seat. And even I've seen this as well, too, because of the, um, you know, the field that I'm in as well, with arts and entertainment. 
you know, now they're trying to basically deframe and rearrange the frame of the man. You know, now you got men running around with, you know, skirts on or dresses on or lipstick and you know, all kind of other crazy stuff happening as well, too. Um, I'm not saying that men don't have a legal right to emotion. We do. You know, it, it, in the, it, it depends on the certain situation that all men deal with, you know what I'm saying? Because every man deals with something different. However, when we're talking about it on a grand scale, um, there have always been an attack on men. I mean, now you have things such as from the school to prison pipeline. Now you have record industry executives that are connected to the penitentiary system where the majority of the men are what? Black and brown, Hispanic, African-American, and we need to go further back to Native American Indians as well too, you know, 500 years. So there's always been this issue of the men being attacked. And quite honestly, I believe it is a, a governmental systematic oppression issue that goes along with it. So they're trying to attack it very hard and, and, and they're just going no holds barred on the situation. So it takes the men to know who they are first and foremost in God and the relationship between creation and creator. And then also going past that, once the men know their responsibility and what they're called to do, like the women know, well, most of them, majority of them know what their responsibility, know their responsibilities are and what they're called to do. Then the unison and the unification within the dynamic will become more stronger. I feel like, oh, sorry. I was just saying, I want to pick back off what he was saying. The problem with a lot of men these days is uh, they don't have examples. Like, like a woman from birth, y'all automatically know what your purpose is in life. Like y'all are born to bring life into this world. Like nobody has to tell a woman what to be a woman. Y'all know, like y'all come out the womb and y'all going. But it takes a man to show a young boy how to be a man. And a lot of people, right. you know, a lot of young boys, they don't have father figures. So you have single moms trying to raise a young man. And I know a lot of single moms, they do great jobs, but you can still see the void. Like, luckily, I thank God for my dad. Like, my dad was a dad. He's a dad dad. And he looks like a dad. And I, I look like a dad. Like, I don't look like a young, young dad. I look like a dad. It's a look that a dad has. It's a certain poise that a dad has. And those things, are, especially in our community, and it's like, we don't see those things. And so, when we don't see them, it's hard to imitate or duplicate something you don't see. And it's it's like, off that family dynamic, especially the black. Kids. I mean, it's not a lot, but um, I took my daughter to a daddy-daughter dance, and it was a beautiful thing. Cause I saw nothing but fathers and their daughters. And man came up, he said, "Ain't this beautiful?" I said, "It is." He said, "Well, you won't see this on TV." walking around with our pants down, doing some gangster stuff, some thug stuff, selling some drugs, but they don't show us as the center of the family, as the head of the family. It's also on the church level too. Like, seriously, a lot of times they beat down men so men don't go to the church. But when you see a father that's in church, you see the family in church and you see the change in the family. Every level. I, I agree. Actually, I guess 
pretty much what I was going to bring up as well. This is, not saying it's a call for, I mean, I don't, I guess that's my way to explain it then. A call for, you know, uh, no fathers in the home. I don't understand that fathers are so needed. And he just gave an awesome example of, you know, why, um, you know, but for, for both daughters and sons, you know, the fathers are needed in the homes. And, um, but we, uh, and we just, you know, like you guys just said in our community, um, we don't really see a lot of fathers in the homes, you know, for whatever reasons, you know, and um, I, I see a shift in that dynamic in regards to like when I scroll on social media and things like that. I mean, maybe it's just my timelines and stuff, but I mean, you know, I'm seeing a lot of, you know, married couples and I see a lot of, you know, families and stuff like that. But what you just said has also hit home because I was like, wow, have I seen a daughter do a daddy daughter dance on the TV? You know, um, and if not, then I mean, I guess, you know, that's something that I need to work on in regards to, you know, when I create or things like that. But um, I think, I think it's just very, you know, men are needed. And so I don't, I don't understand why uh, other than the spiritual attacks, but you know, on the surface level, I don't understand like why there's this. Just it just seems like even the feminine movement and everything like that is just this this attack on men. Or um, can I say something? like it's it's like we know there's an attack like to me it's it's just clear as day but i feel like i always like to look at stuff like for like for instance like I, it was like a study i don't know if it was by focus of the family or not but it was like a study that said like all of society's ills can be traced back to the father like whether you have a good father that's like there and that, that father like conveys identity on you and, and it goes with male and female like it, a father helps a, a girl like you know know who she is and it definitely helps a, a young boy know who he is but it said like because of there if there's a lack of father in the house it's going to explain all the problems in society but in my opinion you know specifically just because i'm black like i can't speak for nobody else like my father was around and you know me and my dad we got a good relationship but i think nowadays like men don't take responsibility like like how rod was saying like yo we don't see that on tv and whose fault is that like what we see on tv is what we portray 
So, you know, we haven't seen like a lot of good father stuff. I remember like growing up back in the day in the nineties and stuff like that. Like you had so many good like television shows that show like black men, even if they weren't a father. Like I remember like in the house with LL Cool J. I don't think he was anybody's dad, but he was that male figure in the house taking care of the kids. You know what I'm saying? Like with the Cosby show. But now it's like when you see black people portrayed, it's like a lot of black people aren't the producers and some are, but we do have the love of hip hop. We do got the ratchet TV that everybody's so addicted to. So I think like because we don't take responsibility, like I remember somebody told me, they say like, yo, I didn't have a father growing up. So what I saw on TV, that was my dad. Like that's what raised me. So it's it's a, it's a you know it's just multiple layers to it. So if you aren't monitoring what your child is watching, that's your responsibility. If you as a child or a teenager and you grow up as a man, and if you're watching that, that's still your responsibility because you're giving it rating and you're making it popular. And if you have resources and you don't produce anything and you let everybody else dictate what you have and what they what, how they show you it's like okay shame on you too and if you're an actor or an actress and you know what you're gonna portray that role oh that role is real like blah 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 it's a lot of real roles out there why are you gonna take that one like you know what i'm saying don't take everything everybody give you because i feel like as a black community here in america we all have responsibility and it's just on every single level from the music to the media to, to everything and if everybody actually like took responsibility hey, look, I want to see more of this, or we boycotting that, I think then we'll see a change. Because if you're going to leave it up to the media, they're going to portray you as being toxic. This whole thing of toxic masculinity. Like, what is that? Where did it come from? It, and it's not even real. Like, to me, there's no such thing as toxic masculinity. Masculinity is masculinity. You know what I'm saying? It's like you can use it and do whatever you want with it. The same thing with femininity. But it's not toxic. Somebody can say the feminist movement is a toxic femininity because it's all about women's right or women this, that, and the third. And it's like you say, it's not about the whole family as a whole. Like men need women, women need men. And that's how all of life and society is reproduced. So I think it's more like a responsibility thing. Like, yo, we, we as a community, we ain't taking responsibility. Like, everything. <laughs> I agree. I want, I want to piggyback off of what uh, Neil just said as well, too. Um, Keep this in mind that anytime manhood is being attacked, they're being attacked because man must understand that he is the foundation within the family. So if the manhood is the foundation within the family, keeping in mind, I'm gonna give you a perfect example. My father was always a construction worker. He was a cement finisher. He was a, he was a guy that did all the floors for super like supermarkets, theaters, things like that. So anytime the 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 floor is being cemented and being worked on, it has to take a certain amount of days to let it dry and to let everything come together. Then the surveyor would come in and he would look things over and he'll say, "Okay, it's a go. We, we're no, we're going to go ahead and add things on so we can continue to build." Now, if they find cracks within the cement, that means that things are going to be delayed now. So we got to take a moment or two to, you know, patch some things up. What I'm saying is, is this, that anytime you find cracks within manhood, cracks within the foundation, you're going to have a problem. 
And what Neil said is that the toxicity within masculinity and femininity comes from the imbalance within the family structure. And that's why things are poisoned the way that they are within the family dynamic. And that's why it continues to just keep spreading out the way that it is. And then also to add on is that you have the lack of respect for the elders that came before us. And a lot of the youth today, and even some of them in the generations that are ahead of us, they tend to forget that if you don't listen to the elders who have, as we say, been around the block a couple of times, you're going to miss out on a lot of lessons and a lot of sound wisdom from them. Because the scripture tells us that if you forget the old landmark, you have no sense of direction. How are you going to make a blueprint or add a blueprint if you don't study the blueprint that came before us? So you got to make sure that what you're paying attention to, pay attention to the elders that did it before you and just tune in and listen to what they have to say and to allow them to teach you on the very area that you're trying to work on or develop or cultivate and get better in those areas because like Rob said earlier, you gotta have those examples as a man teaching another man how to do it. You know what I'm saying? Now, there's different examples, but what example are you sharing with a, a man child or a, a young man that's coming into not just adolescence, but going into a young adulthood? That's very, very important. Anything from 12 years old all the way through, you know, adulthood, 18, 19, 20, so on and so forth, those are some very pivotal moments and very crucial moments in a young man's life where now that development starts to come into play now those things are becoming cemented in his psyche and in his spirit and in his emotion to know that yeah son it's okay to cry it's okay to express yourself it's okay to do x y and z that's, that doesn't make you you know what I'm saying a punk that don't make you soft that don't make you anything like that you're still a man you have every God-given legal right to express yourself and feel a certain way. I mean, honestly, gentlemen, I think, um, you know, we've addressed a lot. I know this subject is really heavy, so I mean, there's, I'm sure there's a lot more that can be said about this. Um, so obviously, we need to keep having conversations about it. Hopefully, this whole thing encourages other people get out there and have conversations about this stuff too because you know I get it I'm a woman you know I I, I appreciate having uh, my rights and everything like that but at the same time I don't think that diminishes uh, who a man is and I don't have to diminish who a man is to at least not in our house now, I don't know everybody else operating or whatever but I mean you know I respect my husband in the position he's in and you respect me the I'm in and it's like you know I don't understand why it's it has to be so oh well we need to bring the bed down in order for the women to be lifted up I don't I don't I don't get that but um you know friends I know we probably have to wrap the conversation up but um I guess you know if you you gentlemen have like a final thought that you all would like to say to the people in regards to this uh what would it be 
<laughs> well, I just say let a man be a man. <laughs> Period. Like you, it, I, I don't think a woman can tell a man how to be a man or, or dictate like, yo, what a man should be or should do. That's like, like to me, the man is the lead. He's the head. Like, period. Like, yep. period. That's all I got. <laughs> I believe we just need to get back to the order and the order thing. Saying like, especially in my household, like. Yeah, I'm the head of the house, but I don't look down at my wife. I look at my wife, and my wife looks at me, and our kids imitate the things that we do. You know, his example, and doing better. Like, you, each generation should strive to be better. So you should want to do better. If you didn't have a good father, you should strive to be a good father. If you didn't have a good mother, as a woman, you should strive to be a good mother. If you thought she wasn't loving, you should be loved. If you thought so, as a, your father was distant, you don't be distant, you know? You have to do better. Each generation should strive to be better. Like I tell my kids every day, I want you to be better than me. And I want you to achieve things, you know, far beyond that I can ever think about. So I think as a father, the last thing I should say is, be the foundation, like you're saying. Your children should stand up on your back and you should be the force to walk them to their destiny. Absolutely. I agree. I agree, Rod. Absolutely. I would say um, my final thoughts are we need to learn how to be patient with one another. We need to learn how to um, love a little bit more, have more compassion on one another and learn how to uplift one another, encourage one another, uh, build one another up and stop the tearing down, you know, because we all need each other. The man needs the woman and the woman needs the man. You know, again, that's the perfect balance. That's the, that is the divine balance from the very beginning and not allow society or government officials or system tell you how it's supposed to be done because the blueprint was already made before we even got here to this planet. You know, we already have something that's laid a foundation and we need to make sure that we go back to the very beginning the way that they did. And again, also keeping in mind that if we learn how to, again, to reiterate, let's learn how to be patient with one another, have some mercy and compassion with one another, forgive, you know, um, people come with different scars. People come with different um, traumatic issues. Learn how to love through those flaws. Learn how to love through that individual as they're going through healing themselves. We all have the power of choice. And, and as I said, we have the power of choice to fix the situation. And whoever didn't do it for you while you were going up, that should be your goal. That should be your aim. You should strive towards that. I want to thank you all so much for uh, letting little old me get a peek into your mind and uh, this conversation of the male perspective. I thank you all each of you so much for what you guys have contributed to this conversation. And I look forward to talking to you all and having many, many more conversations in the future. If you all are willing to come on back.
time to get my nails done. Oh, I know. I went to unwindselfcare.com and got my 100% nail polish strips. Thanks, Unwind Self Care. Soldiers of Christ, sons of the Lord, and Jesus our Savior. He wept, he cried, he laughed, he had sorrow. Every emotion he felt, you know, we have to this day. So it's like, if we're his sons, you know, that's the ultimate man. That should be what man should be. Good answer. Good, good answer. Good answer. Good answer. Beautiful. Beautiful answer. I would say um, manhood to me is integrity, honor, responsibility, direction, correction, you know, because we definitely need to be corrected sometimes. Um, and then also men tend to forget uh, about being submissive. I know that they want the woman to be submissive to the man and then also in that divine order, man must be submissive to God as well for their marriage or for their relationship to actually flow in harmony and also with understanding. So that's what manhood is to me, to be able to have the integrity, to have the compassion, to have um, loyalty, you know, that, that, that sometimes never comes up either, that particular word. Um, loyalty, um, to have um, an ear to understand. Wisdom um, is part of manhood. Um, experience is part of manhood. And also to have um, love within oneself as well. That That's what manhood is to me. And men don't have a problem with uh, being able to express themselves um, in a loving mood or in a loving manner. I'm trying to think of a word that could like encompass like uh like servanthood and like sacrifice. Like if you can just ball all that up in one somehow, 
I, I just think with a with a man, it's it's like you. It's just so many levels. Like you, you, you really gotta have discipline. You gotta have love. You, you have to be willing at certain times to just lay it all on the line to just protect people. And protection isn't always like in a violent, you know what I'm saying, form. Sometimes it's like emotional protection. It can be financial protection, physical protection, but it, it's just a matter of like, it's, it all just goes back to the heart. Like, you know, if you, like to me, a man is always looking to serve like his community and like, you know, whether it be just women, children, his brother, his friend, all of it. Like that's that's what a man to me the manhood, like all that is what a man is supposed to do. Just lead and just guide like society. Ultimately, you know, back to Christ. But that that's that's like how I see manhood. Just in a in a snapshot. Like there's so much to it that I, I can't really just, just spill it out right now. It's just so much. So many not, levels to a man. Yeah, it's all good. I think each one each one of you, you know, defined it in a, a beautiful way. I think on one hand I was about to ask y'all like why do you think you know, this attack on the man? But I think we already kind of established that, you know, well spiritually it's because the men are the foundation. I think we all you know established that already. Um you know, I feel like maybe some women they're they're looking to maybe women have felt oppressed over the years or so in order to gain back their power, I guess they want to diminish the man or something like that. Um I think a a lot of it too is like men do mistreat women. Like let's let's be real about it. Like if you've been abused for a while, it's like and you get a little bit of power, like what are you gonna do? You know, it goes back to your character and who you are. But, like, some women, it's like they really do value, like, a man and what a man's role is, what a man's supposed to do and everything. And then there's some that's like, yo, I'm the man. <laughs> you know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, I wear the pants now. I'm the breadwinner. I do this. I do that. I don't need you. It's just, it's just like, man, like, it's – when you think of, like, how – women especially like in america like you know with women's rights and stuff like that that started with white women it's like hey white man we want to seat at your table you know yeah you got these slaves over here and you sleep with these indians and you sleep with the slaves and all that but we want a piece of the action too you know what i'm saying so then you got the women's liberty movement you got women's suffrage and you know and, and over time like black women were infused in that but me, I always, I got to stick with, because I'm black, I just, you know, my focus is first, like, my community. So I think at, you know, at some point, black women and black men, we were all together. Like, when we were being lynched, like, we were just rocking with each other. But it was like after the civil rights movement, you know, it's like with certain laws and, you know, about, like, you know, like, food stamps and Oh, the help from the government assistance, you know, keeping the men out the house, putting men in prison and stuff like that. Like, that's a real thing. It's just not a conspiracy. It's just reality. So that you kind of gave birth to a different type of woman, like a woman is left to just fend for herself and, and raise her kids on her own, in a sense. 
And the man, he's like, yo, I'm out here being killed. I'm, I'm being put up in prison falsely, and so many things are happening. You, you start to create this animosity amongst men and women. So that dynamic just kind of just, just changed. And I feel like now we're just trying to get back to it, you know. But, like, it's that warfare that's happening, you know, like, the attack on manhood and everything. It's like, no, nah, like, yo, we, we got to, like, destroy the black family. We got to keep them separate. You know, and it's like, who cares about the children? You know what I mean? But that's, that's how I feel like that's, you know, like, to me, that's what's going on. I agree with Neil too on that subject matter as well because again that is part of the uh, master agenda that's been plaguing uh, men, but especially black men, uh, men of African descent, and even again indigenous um, Native American Indian men as well too. You know, and we can even go to uh, right there on that slavery auction block. You know what I mean in South Carolina. And a lot of people don't even know this, but Wall Street in New York was actually the original slavery auction block there as well, where they were separating fathers from mothers, uh, husbands from wives, children were going to one plantation, women, uh, the wives were going to another plantation in a different state, men were going somewhere else. So we had to endure, our ancestors had to endure all of that for centuries and then i almost forgot there's another word that describes manhood as well and that's endurance we had to go through that matter and it's a crazy situation we had to constantly um go into prayer or even gain that strength and that sanity for our mental state is not all over the place either, you know, because we're witnessing these things that are happening around our people. So yeah, the agenda has always been there, but I think now it's just more in plain sight. That's what's happening right now in front of us. And again, we have to go back towards working with one another, healing one another, helping one another, sit down and have those tough conversations and being able to say, you know what, I'm going to put my heart on the line right now, right where I stand. This is how I feel about it. You know, no more family secrets, no more uh, holding things back and, you know, and suppressing your feelings and emotion and things like that. It's like, we really need to get on the ball and do this so that we can be able to not only be the remnant, but also be able to spread that same awareness to our brothers and sisters and say, hey, let's stop with the bashing. Let's stop with, you know, um, in our music, in, in our culture, in our art, and in TV, and in acting, and in film work. Let's stop depicting men as pimps. Let's stop depicting women as, part of my French, whores and you know women on the red light district and all this other kind of crazy stuff or he's a criminal or he is a thug or he's this that and the third well, no we are more than that and i think also this also contributes to uh, the public school system as well and i had a conversation with a friend of mine a couple of weeks ago we talked about this from elementary 
middle school, high school, when they started talking about Black History Month, what did they always do? They always start with how our people were in slavery. They never talked about how we were pre-slavery from the very beginning. We had kings and queens and tribes and kingdoms and all these different beautiful royal heirs, etc., that they chose not to implement within textbooks. But then, as we move forward, now we're starting to talk about it more and more because now people are starting to dig for the truth. They really want to know what really happened and how the way our people were operating before this, this little time period came into play. So it's really just getting back to, to the roots of the matter, addressing it for what it is, be patient with one another, and really just sit down and have a moment because you cannot undo 400 years within one month or even one year. You know what I'm saying? This takes time. This is, this is a process that we all have to deal with. Well, yeah, I like what you said, but I think it's, it's like I'm on. It's a scripture I can't remember for like verbatim, but it goes back to um, taking out the family dynamic. How do you take down? How's the thief um, get into the house? You have to take out the strong man. So you take out the father. You take out the warrior. You take out the strength of the house. You can, you can manipulate the wife. You can raise the kids how you want. You can teach them what you want to teach them, and they will learn and do as you teach them. History is the same way, and pretty much they put the family dynamic. Like I was speaking to one of my classmates, she has a, a biracial child, and she was like, "Biracial kids get racism on both sides, but nobody wants to talk about it." So I said, "Okay, cool. You want to go there? Let's go there." I was like, "Uh, read the Willie Smith letters. She's a white chick," and she was like, "What's that?" I said, "Of course you never heard of, it, but read it." So she sat there. She read one paragraph or two paragraphs. She said, I can't finish reading this. I said, you can't finish reading this, but these are the facts of life. I was like, you wonder why light-skinned blacks, dark-skinned blacks are pitting each other? I was like, these letters. You wonder why your daughter, your light-skinned daughter, you know, feels a certain kind of way. It's because of these letters. And people don't want to, they, want, they don't want to face the facts and face the truth. But these are the things that were instilled, and they're still instilled to this day. Like, yes. I was watching uh, the Drake, Chris Brown video, one of the videos, and he was like, yeah, man, you know, us light-skinned bros got to stick together. And it's like, and it's funny. In entertainment, it's still perpetuated. And then if you watch movies, like, they, even with, even with us, they don't really purpose, like, they'll put a Beyonce, they'll put somebody uh, of a lighter skin in a role, and then they'll try to, like, kind of push back the darker-skinned females. The reason why I love the Black Panther movie is because they had dark-skinned actors and a bright, you know, like right in the middle, in the front. And it wasn't like, you know, they didn't lighten us up. It showed all of our culture. Mm-hmm. And all of our culture is beautiful, but about our culture, like you didn't want to show up as savages, but we never really been savages. We are, we're always, we're very intelligent people, cultivated people. But if you if you take over a race, kill their heads, take all their elders away, it's easy to feed knowledge. It's easy to feed. It's easy for them to feed us poison. Like one of the worst shows I can't stand watching on TV was Girlfriends. You have a show about four black women directed by a white man, Kelsey Grammer. Yes, I know Kelsey Grammer. Mm-hmm. And nobody knew that for years. And it's like, 
Like I couldn't stand. Like my wife used to watch uh, the Braxtons. I hated that show mm-hmm. because it's like it's, it's not realistic. And then it's like you you acting like you're more than what you are, and you're so conceiving yourself. I, I couldn't stand watching Real Housewives because it's like you have so much, but you're not doing anything. And then you're showing a falsified side of what a, 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 a way a woman's supposed to be. Like you can use your platform to do amazing things. And like I feel bad for entertainers because the Lord like. There's been so many celebrities that had encounters with the Lord before they die. And they'd be like, Lord, what have I done wrong? He was like, you had a platform and you didn't mention my name. You had a platform, you didn't mention my son's name. You didn't mention who put you here. But you glorify yourself. And they have to answer that. So it's like, you know, I want to make sure for everything that I do in this lifetime, here on this plane, you know, it's done correctly and the Lord gets his glory because... If the Lord gets his glory, he's going to glorify you in the next round. But if you're here glorifying yourself, that's why I believe Corona is here right now. He's trying to get rid of the idols and get you to see what's meaningful in life. Family, friends, not these entertainers. Like, they canceled our football season. You know, I was sad, but at the same time, I looked at it as this. I can get my body in better shape. I can spend more time with my wife. We can strengthen our marriage even more. And then I can also spend time with my daughter. She's growing up. I can spend time with my boys and show them away. And then at the same time, I can just get myself spiritually back closer to God. So it's like, you know, I changed our focus. And that's what's wrong with us as people. Like, our focus is off. Like, we're focusing on the Black Lives Matter stuff, focusing on the rants. And, you know, the world has our attention right now. But what are we doing with that attention? Are you That's right. Sophisticated? Are you going to still show you a savage? We can be savages in certain areas, but sometimes you have to show your intelligence. And we're not showing our intelligence. You don't got to holler, scream at like a barbarian. Sometimes, you know, be more than yourself. Be more than what they want you to be. There's so much that can be done with conversations, you know, um, different communities coming together and just doing this, talking, you know. Um, I guess, too, I was just reminded as you all were speaking about just accountability within ourselves that you guys mentioned, especially with the media and things like that. It's like, you know, and what, Ooh, Lord, I was ready. Okay, fine. Okay. Um, Let's go. Talk like the Holy Ghost just hit you or something. <laughs> you said, huh? I said, girl, you better talk about that. Now. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't went away from my mind just now, but I was like, oh, well, I don't know if I was wanting to even talk about that. Um, Let's go. Nah, <laughs> he said it with his drink. Come on, with it. <laughs> come here. <laughs> like, come on, for it. You're messing with now. <laughs> But um, I'll just say this right now, and maybe it'll come back to my mind, but just about accountability within our community, um, you know, the type of things that we put out there, um, things, like you said, the music, the media, the arts that we put out, it's like, oh, yeah, now I remember. I was talking about this on the podcast. I know Ryan listened to this podcast and I don't know about who to, but... Uh, <laughs> Um, basically I was kind of talking about it on one of those days about like how our community is, they're, they're so quick, they don't want to be called the N-word, or they, don't, they don't want to be called thugs, they, you know, if another race do that stuff, it's a problem. But then, you know, 
we all was jamming out with Thug back in the day uh, <laughs> and stuff like that. So it's like, I mean, how are we going to get mad about things that we do and call ourselves? Um, I mean, I don't know. That may be too deep right now. Um, <laughs> but I just feel like it's, it's part of that accountability with ourselves. Like, you know, okay, if we don't want to be portrayed as thugs, we don't want to be called, you know, this and that. It's like we got to show ourselves to be something different, um, which we are. There's so many different types of people out there. But, um, it's a lot of unlearning that we got to do. Like, we, we just do. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just a lot to unlearn. It, and, like, honestly, I don't listen to rap, but I don't knock every rapper, so to speak. Like, to me, like, I do look at rappers as coons. It's like, yo, you shucking and jiving and get a dollar and you going to, like, bury your people in the process. You don't care. But somebody said, like, yo, maybe a lot of black people wouldn't be cooning if it was somebody black to pay them to do what they good at. So if you got to go to somebody that don't look like you to make a buck, or if you grew up in the hood, like, yo, I grew up with a father. I grew up in a nice neighborhood, nice home. I went to good schools and everything. But I'm not so removed from, like, yo, around the corner, I had a friend who, like, yo, when I went to his house, he ain't had no furniture. And it was cold. And he ain't had no food. So it's like, he ended up like, yo, killing somebody, going to prison multiple times, this, this, that, and the third, living that, just living that life. So it's, I, you can't, you really do have to take responsibility, but at the same time, you, you got to like be able to like, if you can't identify, you got to empathize with what somebody going through, like with a young thug or like, you know what I'm saying? You don't know their childhood. You don't know like what it was like growing up. So if somebody give you some money, it's like, yo, you might not, you know what I'm saying? You might not even have ground to stand on yourself. So if somebody come to you and just show you a way, and that's the only way that, yo, I was able to feed my family, I was able to do this and do that. I'm not saying it's justified, but I'm saying, like, we at least got to build a bridge. Like, those of us who haven't had to, like, live that lifestyle, we at least got to be able to build the bridge and be, be able to come to where they are and kind of, like, walk them over to, like, a better way. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. like, Jesus is mm -hmm. the way, but it's a way you just can't just like, hey, get Jesus. You know what I'm saying? It's like, yo, you got to really like have some conversations and understand where people coming from before you just start talking Jesus, Jesus in their face. It's like, yo, Jesus, before he, like when you look at a lot of the ways that Jesus moves, he would feed people physically first before he gave them spiritual food. It's like when he picked out his disciples, like, hey, you know what? Go cash in that again. It's like, yo, they needed to work. They needed to work to eat and to take care of their families. So it was like, yo, he taught them how to do that first, and then he discipled them. But to me, it just goes into the whole responsible thing. Like, even in the movies and the, in the film, and, you know, like, I'm in film and all that stuff. Like, that's just what I do. So it's like, I look at it from a perspective of, yo, you can start your own record label, start your own distribution company. Like, why do you always got to go knock on Hollywood doors saying, hey, let us in? Why don't you just build your own? Like, it, it's not, you can do it. Like, yo, right now I'm making a sci-fi fantasy film. And it's like, yo, I don't, because I don't, I can make drama, I can make action, I can make adventure. But I'm like, you know what? We 
people always are portrayed as criminals or drug dealers, and it's always some other stories like that. And it's like we got to be able to like show kids that you can see yourself beyond that. Like you, like you know what I'm saying? Like Black Panther, I love Black Panther too, but a white man wrote it. You know what I'm saying? It's it's like we get who we are from other people instead of us saying like, "Yo, this is who we are." And we taking like we as a community coming together and saying like you know what Nick Cannon just got fired. It just show you how like yo that quick, you know what I'm saying he didn't do nothing wrong, he didn't say nothing wrong, but he got fired. But it's like yo who who is out there as a black film company that can come and be like yo Nick or why can't Nick Cannon go and say you know what I'm gonna just start my own show with or without you anyway. But until we get in that right. position. I'm just saying, like, yo, we got to get into a position where it's like, yo, we able to get enough money to be able to pull the people out the hood and, and, like, start getting people out of prisons that's falsely in prison or doing terms that ain't got nothing to do with the crime. We got to get to that level. And once you can get to that level, like, then we can, I think we can start really rebuilding the community. But if we can't get there, then it's always going to be this cycle. We're going to have a little bit of momentum, and then we're going to get pushed back. We're going to have a Black Lives Movement. And then it's like the organization is going to take more fame than the actual black life that is supposed to be represented. So I think that's how it's going to always go until we get into the position where we can actually come together at a table as men, especially, and be like, yo, look, this is how we're going to move. We're going to start buying land over here. We're going to build a community over there. We ain't sending our kids back to school. We're going to start homeschooling. We're going to start building institutions. If we can move like that, then I think we'll see some solid change. And you might not see the fruit of your own labor. You got to be okay with that. Like, if you're not okay with that, then it's like, hey, nah, man, I, I want to eat and have my fame right now. Like, yo, that might not happen. You got to, that's, that's how we got to where we are right now. Because somebody said like, yo, I might not see the fruit of my labor, but my kids' kids ain't going to be slaves or aren't going to be enslaved. We were never slaves. We were enslaved. You know what I'm saying? So a lot of it is like, but I can go on forever though. <laughs> that's that's where I see it. Thank you, Like I agree. I definitely agree with it. I'm sorry. Go ahead, boss. I mean, no, I'm just saying I agree because it's the and we gotta be willing, uh, black people, black men, we gotta be willing to get the bad out of the community. Everybody along, like let's say, let's take a whole body for example. Let's say the cat and the pinky toe. You can get rid of the pinky toe, save the entire body, keep living life, and enjoy life. Or you can ignore that issue and let that infection go to all your toes. You lose your toes. You don't take care of it, you lose your foot. You don't take care of it, then you lose your leg. And our community is the exact same way. We don't want to cast out certain people. We don't want to cast off certain stigmas. If you don't want to be called the N-word, stop acting like one. Stop giving people a reason to call you one. Stop doing things to perpetrate, you know, being one. Like, being a big dude, I'm 6'1", 300-some pounds. My dad always told me, he said, son, you can be a big man. Like, demeanor a lot. He said, you don't even have to say anything. He said, but you have to speak to comfort people down. So naturally, when people come up to us, we're, you know, they look at us, they're already scared. Big, small, whatever. They, they have that, they look at us. But the thing is, when I come off and start talking, it calms people down. And we as black people, we also have to use our intelligence. We have to use our intellect. We don't use our intellect at all. 
And it's like, you know, we have to start thinking outside the box. If we want a better community, yeah, we got to get people out of the community. And then also, if you really want to know your, your, your past, we have to take time to learn for ourselves. A white dude did break Black Panther, but at the same time, I'm a big Mike fan now, but Michael Jackson tried to defend the film about Egypt back in the early 90s. They gave so much because they didn't want people to understand that Egypt was black. So he didn't make the video. And he depicted all black in the video. So it's like, there have been people that try to take a stance for our community. And I hear them, but they get washed out. So it's like, it's our job as our parents, as mentors, as leaders. You know, use our platform to talk about who we are, the things that, you know, we can do. But until, you know, it's like, until we just shut, like you said, it's, it's true like the matrix to me. You do have to like straight reprogram your life. You gotta reprogram your thinking. You gotta reprogram, even when it comes to your faith. Like, when I started really having a relationship with the Lord, it was like, it was hard for me to read the Bible because it's like, okay, Lord, I'm talking to you and you're speaking this, but I was taught this. Like, the term slave in the Bible drives me nuts, actually, because the Lord said, I didn't mean to put you in, I, I don't, I'm not putting you in slavery. If the Lord is everything, he's freedom. So why do I have to be a slave to somebody and he told me I'm free in him? Mm -hmm. You have to understand. That's why like, I do want to learn Hebrew because I know y'all heard of Reggie White. Reggie White used to, uh, one of the greatest yes. defenses ever. Great pastor. The Lord told him to stop ministering. And everyone's like, why did you stop ministering? He was like, because what you're preaching is not really what's there. He said, what do you mean? He said, learn Hebrew. Reggie took like, two, three years and learned Hebrew and started reading the Bible in Hebrew. And he said, when you start reading the Bible in Hebrew, he really learned what the Lord was saying. And he, was learning, he learned what the Lord was saying about us as people. And there's freedom in the Lord. There's no slavery. There's no bondage. Just because there's no chains on us physically, there's chains on us mentally. And then like, early about the mental discipline, you know, the, the, like, the things in our, side, in our community, it's okay to have issues and have problems. And like you just, you know, we do that. Like, if you don't expose what's in your past, it's going to come back in your future. It may not come through you, but it may come through a child. And it may come through the next generation. Everything has to be uncovered. Everything has to be discussed. And it has to be on a clean slate. But again, And you gotta show people that there's a better way of living life. Like you don't have to eat soda crackers and top ramen. You can actually eat baked potatoes and you know enjoy a good meal. You can live life with it. You don't have to live in the bottom of the barrel. But if that's all you talk, that's all you're gonna do. <laughs> I got a lot, I'm sorry. <laughs> I feel you. I'm with you. <laughs> No, that was really good. That's very, very good. Um, I wanted to piggyback just for a split second on what Rod had said. And um, there was a scripture that came to my mind. It's um, in Hosea chapter four, verse six, where it says, my people perish because of the lack of knowledge. And when you reject knowledge, you reject God. So I say all that to say this, um, Neil had mentioned about the music industry for a little bit. And if y'all recall how hip hop actually started in the very beginning, it was based on uh, the principles of family, love, unity, and peace. 
when hip hop started to get this momentum and it started becoming a very popular uh, art form and a, and a particular sound, the recording industry, the, the record labels, the executives, they got a hold of it. And then somewhere around eight, like 1980, when Andy Way came into the picture, that's when those, um, those principles, because we had a lot of uh, rappers that were considered conscious or considered, you know, positive music, they were taken and thrown to the side. Then enters NWA and a lot of the gangster rap after that, right? So then the executives, they said, well, we're going to take this art form and we're going to push it even further. So that's where it became this perpetuating vicious cycle that ran through our communities and many others. So people started looking at black folks, especially black men, as, oh, this is how the way they live, supposedly. And this is how the way this is going down, or this is how the way that's going down, et cetera, et cetera. And somewhere down the line, many people have accepted it for what it is, right? But then we also say, well, we, it doesn't have to be that way because now we're getting people that are fully awakening from the sleep, verbally and spiritually. People are starting to wake up now and saying, we don't have to take this anymore because we see what's happening. This is where the agenda is continuing to put our people in this downward spiral. And if we get back to the course of how the way things were when God created it from the very beginning, it was always about life. It was never about death. And even Deuteronomy 29 talks about the same thing as well. It was a certain period of time where, yes, he wanted his people to thrive and to flourish and to have the good of the land, but at the same time, he didn't want them to be so stubborn and hard-headed and prideful and greedy. That's where we started going the other direction. They started to complain when what happened? When they came out of Egypt. That's when everything started becoming a downward spiral as well. I'm just putting two and two together to let y'all know that you see what happens when you come off the course, the course that God already prepared for you. That's not the way we're supposed to go. Even in the music. I'm right there with y'all. I didn't like it. I grew up on hip-hop. I grew up on R&B. I grew up on gospel. I grew up on a lot of different styles, a lot of different sounds. Now, the stuff that they're saying today, I don't even digest that stuff because I think it's nonsense what they're saying. It don't make no sense to me. It's like you're continuing to push the agenda that the system wants us to do, to destroy each other. And that's not the plans that Yahshua said to us from the very beginning. So I don't accept it. I know that my brothers on here don't accept it. So it's our responsibility and our sole purpose is to change the dynamic for what it truly is. No, I'm, I'm just listening. I'm so <laughs> <laughs> and to me, this is the answer, right? Like, and, and I don't know how it's whatever, but like the church, in my opinion, has 
at least the church and in, in the black community however you know you can say the church as a whole but let, let's talk about like the church in the black community and how it hasn't done the best job that it could to lead us to where we are right now like if like looking at it from a spiritual perspective like the church is jesus's hands and feet in the earth and it's like if you're a church and you're set in the midst of like a community and you're supposed to be this beacon of light and you, you're just wanting people to come to you and you're not going to the people it's i think this is what happens when a church is lazy when a church is kind of but kinda a little bit of a coward it's like, hey, you know, I don't, I don't really want to go out there. You know what I'm saying? I just want to play it safe. It's like, hey, look, I'm going to get this money. Oh, y'all come in here. Y'all pay y'all tithes and everything. And But, you know, like, there are churches where 30 years ago, it was just beautiful. Like, the community was beautiful, right? Like, and this is here in Atlanta. Like, I, I've seen it with my own eyes. It's like, wow, yo, that, that was nice. This, that, and the third. And I remember my man was telling me, like, yeah, man, I remember, like, growing up, going to this church and this community, it was this and it was that. And then 30 years later, you look at the community, it's run down and it's dilapidated. But the church is still standing there. And it's like, is that saying, like, yo, the church failed the community? Or is the church just that strong that it just survived whatever happened to the community? So, I mean, in my opinion, I think, like, yo, the, the church has just been been sucking a lot out of the community and it just hasn't been given back so i think that's another side of why you get what you get in the black community just how i see it i agree with neil absolutely on that and it's crazy that you're mentioning this now because i had a conversation with a friend of mine uh last night and we had a very in-depth conversation um and, and just case in record, so I don't want nobody to get it twisted. I love everybody. White, Black, Spanish, Asian, Native American, Indian, which is part of my bloodline, many others. But she, but she, but she is um, a white female from Pennsylvania, Quaker state, okay? And we had, we had an in-depth conversation. And one of the things that drew my attention to our conversation, because I didn't hear from her in, in like the last four to five months, and I brought it to her attention. And one thing that she said to me was this. She said that um, I don't want to deal with conflict. That's what really took me back for a second. I said, you know, I'm saying to myself, what do you mean by you don't want to deal with conflict? What are you talking about? Keep in mind, for those of y'all who have read the scriptures, every child of God and every individual who was considered chosen by God had to not only confront conflict, but we also had to endure conflict, even to the point where their life was on the line that was still dealing with some type of conflict. So her and I, we had a lot of end-up conversation, but we had some debates as well, too, in between. And I didn't agree with what she had said in that moment. And, you know, and Neil was right. I think that a lot of times people that are from white community, black community, and they consider themselves child of God and, and, and from the church, or I'm putting in quotations, church, um, they have 
laxidated themselves or even went into a trance or some type of comatose with what they are witnessing right now. You know, you got people that don't even want to sit next to you or stand with you when we're dealing with things such as racism and protesting and things of that nature, you know. Um, I know that Christ didn't come for the fact of, you know, dealing with racism. You know, all that stuff was stomped out. You know what I'm saying? I agree with what, what Rodney had said as well, too. But the thing that really bothered me in that conversation with her is that what, you, what you're saying to me in hindsight, and a lot of Christian people have done this, is that when you know that you've been convicted and you feel it in your heart and your spirit that you need to do something about it and to stand with your brothers and sisters in the struggle and you don't do your part, that says a lot about you as an individual. And I'll tell anybody else, you don't have to believe what I'm saying. If you say that you're a believer, you go talk to your creator and tell them what I'm saying to you. Is it correct? Yes or no? And you'll get your answer. That's all I'm going to do my part. But I see how the way people, especially in the church, have responded to the social climate. And this is not just the first time. It's been going on for centuries. I think it's, like I said, I think it's coming more and more to a head, especially today, that they can't go around the issue. They can't go under it. They can't go above it. They got to go through it. And if they don't get it right this time around, it's going to pop back up in another 30, 40, 50 years. Well, honestly, we all just need to be coming together as a body of Christ anyway, because I think all of us being separate is uh, a lot of the cause of issues as well. I mean, I know we all have differences of opinions as well as like, you know, we're all different races and things like that. But, you know, it really shouldn't be white church, black church, all of that. We need to be coming together because right. we have that common enemy, which is the enemy that is causing all this havoc right now. <laughs> um, that we need to be, if we're believers in Christ, we all need to be coming together and trying to stand uh, strong you know, as that as that fist and not individual fingers. Um, I don't know, because I guess I, I mean I feel and I guess see a shift when it comes to all the things that are going on in the world right now. I know we far off the uh, manhood topic, I guess, but <laughs> um, I mean maybe this goes back to manhood. I don't know, but being folk. I mean, why y'all ain't got that? I'm sorry. <laughs> no, um, but yeah, I just feel like we just all need to be coming together right now because it's. it's I, like I said, I feel the shit's happening. I don't know who all do, but there's, there's like this new shit's happening, and you just see all the, like I said, there's so much being exposed right now. Uh, you know, what's going on behind the scenes, things that we may not have even known anything about and stuff. So it's just like, you know, we need to be protecting our kids, um, which is why fathers are so important. And I don't know, there's so much. This has a lot to do with manhood. Like, personally, this has a lot to do with manhood because uh, going back to what Neil was saying about the church and in the community, um, when you see a church thriving in the community going down, it shows the lack of leadership. I've been to so many churches, like the first, like, my, I don't mention the name, but when I first went to the church, the men's ministry was so powerful. They used to walk neighborhoods. That's how they got me. They were walking as men. They grabbed me off the streets. My dad and my brother, they were like, hey, we want you to come to the church. And then we went to the church, the, the power of the Holy Spirit was just there. 
And there's a different spirit when men come together under the Lord. It's a whole nother spirit. It's a whole nother ball game. And mm -hmm. everything right. around us was completely different. And the church, like, I was called the pastor at 18 years old. And when it's time, it's time. But the Lord showed me how the church is supposed to be ran. The church is supposed to be a storehouse for the people, not the storehouse for one man to sit on the throne. If a pastor is collecting money and he's flourishing, but his members aren't flourishing, if the surrounding areas around him aren't flourishing, that's not a real house of God because the church is for the people, the, the money is for the people. If the neighborhood is not growing, then it lets you know the lack of spiritual growth the church has. And we have a lot of that going on. The one thing I will say about white churches, I'm sorry, they put back in their community. And see, we're not taught to go back in our community. We do shirts like we sell drugs. We, we glitter and glamorize ourselves. We speak down to those below us, and then we live our lives. And then we mask it in holiness. But when we truly get where God wants us to be, when we get where God wants us to be, truly humble, truly serving, back in the leadership role, and everyone gets in order, the church can be in order. Your community will be in order. So all this has a lot to do with um, manhood, being atta attacking the ministry. With them, because you're supposed to be fought, like even with young ladies, you're supposed to have the mothers in the church directing young ladies on being women, correcting them. But how can a mother correct the child when they're doing the same thing? All this goes back to manhood, fatherhood, leadership. It all trickles down. Like, like Ryan said at the beginning, it goes back to the nucleus. It goes back to the center. If these things aren't correct in the center, it won't be corrected in God's house because God's house is not a building. It's truly in us. And if the church is flawed, the church in my house is going to be flawed. And if God gives me a building, that church is going to be flawed just as well as my inner being. So it's like, we have to get this church right before we get this right. And that's what's wrong with everything. So it goes back to the first creation. God gave man the world. He said, Adam, I want you to watch over all my creation, not just human beings, everything alike. So if I'm called the pastor, I can't just care about the building. I can care about me. I can care about, you know, Neil, Ryan, yay, you. I can care about your family. Hey, do y'all got food? Do y'all got supplies? You know, you got gas money. Um, you know, you need a job. Like, what do the things in the church? In the church is I've seen this for a long time. People like with those scriptures, don't muzzle an ox. It's at 100. I'll, I'll go attack with a pastor. I don't care because God put that anointing in me. And you like Jesus, you walk and talk like Jesus. You got to be humble like Jesus. You got to serve like Jesus. You got to give like Jesus. He, he, he gave more than he took, and he multiplied what he gave. So if you're not walking that walk, you need to be quiet. <laughs> Listen, listen. Well, I lot of told Neil, you know what I'm saying? Uh, I'm ready to go to his church whenever he's ready. To oh, you got jokes. <laughs> <laughs> well, all y'all men folk. Yeah, sure. I mean, yep. Yeah. We need you men folk. Like, yep. We need you men folk. We need y'all. Get, get in y'all position. Uh, not just y'all on the thing, but y'all whoever's watching too. <laughs> we need everybody in their positions. 
doing what they supposed to be doing. That was beautiful, beautiful, beautiful ending right there, brother. <laughs> I ain't got nothing else to say after that. <laughs> that's the I'm truth good. right there. Like, that is it, period. Like, that's it. Okay, we, we need to take that part and just make it a commercial or something. Yeah. Just put it out there. <laughs> I just care about, man, the Lord's house, man. and Like, you know how everybody's so divided? No matter how hard I try, I can't be divided. How much I try to hate, I can't hate. And it's truly right. the Lord has always been in my life, man. I know how he wants his business. I Like, I really care about God's house. The Lord told me, like, it's not about you. And that's what's wrong with church. Like, we condemn so much. It ain't about the sins that we do. It's about the condition of your heart. What's it If you really read the Bible, as it is, everyone he used was a straight screw-up. And they accomplished amazing things. The people he bestowed power on were not goody-two-shoes. And I learned Man, Lord, you, you he's a screw up. He said, you're going to keep screwing up because that's what you are. He said, but your heart is always in place. When I need you, you respond. The Lord wants you to step up and act when he asks you to act. He ain't asking you to be flawless. He ain't asking you to be perfect. A man is not meant to be perfect. We're right. meant to screw. We're going to mess up. That's how blessings come. That's part of testimony. So it's like, you know, I am who he made me. That's why I... The Lord even said, don't beat yourself down. Don't beat yourself down for the things that you do. He said, relish in them because there's a reason why you did them. You're going to learn the lesson, and then you're going to grow from it, and then you won't do it again, and you're going to teach somebody else to not mess up like you did. A righteous man falls seven times, but he keeps getting back up. Seven times, seven, seven. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yep. Yes, this is some good stuff, man, folks. Look, I hope the people are encouraged right now. Y'all got it. Y'all need to carry these conversations. <laughs> we do this again another night. I'm cool with it. <laughs> I mean, we got to work. You know, I like the male perspective thing. I know I, I was like, when I first, I guess, made the segment, I was like, I don't know if it's weird that I'm like the fly on the wall, <laughs> you know, I'm not trying to like take over the conversations or anything either. I'm just like trying to help them along or say little things that are, or ask questions or whatever. But I mean, I think this is good because it comes from what, well, well, one, to hear you all's perspective and then two, to, you know, I guess be a woman listening in because I think a lot of times, I guess for me, I, I'm curious to the male mind um, when it comes to a lot of different topics and stuff. And so, um, you know, I hope that it, it helps other people that may be wondering these things too. I mean, I know we we dealing with a current heavy situation, but I mean, you know, maybe we we'll get on some lighter topics and stuff at some point with you and folks and things as well. But um, no, I appreciate it, y'all and y'all time. I mean, you know, it's up it's up to y'all. We I mean, I keep the same road. I mean, I still gotta film an intro and stuff, but I mean, you know, I, I get done. It's it's, little, it's still quarantine, so. Ain't going nowhere. <laughs> I got nothing else to do. 
the dogs are barking all day long. <laughs> I heard a dog barking. <laughs> <laughs> Hold up. Hold up. But I'm good. I'm going to have to sign off in like two minutes. But I think I, I said my piece and said what I had to say. But um, everybody was on point. And throughout the entire conversation, it was just on point all the way through. So we hit a lot of great targets. So I'm definitely blessed. I'm definitely excited. Definitely want to see more growth through through the entire process. Oh, mm-hmm. I appreciate yeah. that. Yeah, like I said, you was you was somebody that just reached out on the on the page. You know what I'm saying? And, and now you've been in so many episodes. You you're just part of the you, you know you part of the family. I already told you that. I think one of our first conversations I told you that. But, yeah. Um, you know, Wait, y'all didn't know each other before this. Oh, get out of here, yo! Crazy. Uh, <laughs> no, I reached out to her. I reached out to her first, actually. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's the Lord right there. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's what I'm yes saying. This whole, this whole thing, like, okay, yeah, God Sex and Love has been on my heart for years, and I've been trying to figure out, like, how am I going to do it? And I was, like I said, I was so close to, to filming the show right before COVID hit that I was like, man, and so when we quarantined, whatever I'm saying, like, I mean, I still want to do this. Like, I got to figure out or whatever. And somebody basically just out the idea about a podcast again, which Dario told me to do like last year, but I just was like, eh, you know, I just felt like he kept trying to add stuff to my plate because I'm always doing everything alone. But anyway, uh, uh, he was right the whole time. Uh-huh. And so, and so then, you know what? No, That's that man in the house. <laughs> so, no, I was gonna do another blog. That's why. I, so I asked him about like what he thought of that. But see, that would have been literally me writing all my thoughts, and that probably ain't a good thing. I can be all over the place, especially with these here topics. So, <laughs> so, um, but he mentioned the podcast, and I was like, blog and podcast sounds like a lot of work, but like I said, roll around to this year. I figured out a way to do the podcast, and then from there, you know, that just started in April, y'all, and look where we at. You know what I'm saying? I met Ron Yeh, got you know, Roger Go Boy, got you on board, like, um, I mean, the craziest thing, I, I'm just probably going, I'm just going to remember this forever. Like, the craziest thing thus far, other than getting the show and stuff, is that when I had that girl from Mexico hit me up and inbox me asking questions about, like, just seeking advice. And I'm just like, wow. That's awesome. Because she heard the podcast and she just, asked, and I'm like, and she could have asked anybody, you know, the, the advice that she asked me, but that was just so crazy to me because I'm like, we, I'm still just getting started. Like, you know, just started in April and somebody in Mexico heard the podcast. Like, so, it's real. I mean, obviously God is doing something, you know, with this. And so I, I've had some naysayers or I've had some people questioning different things. But I'm trying to just, you know, block, block that stuff and just keep going because, you know, I feel like it's not even on me. I feel like it's just God opening doors and I'm just walking through because I'm like, all right, cool, <laughs> you know. That's pretty much what's going on on my end. So I appreciate you all just even taking out the time to join me in any capacity that to, to, you know, help me uh, bring this vision to life and stuff like that. And I feel like this segment right here, the male perspective is important. So I appreciate you all taking out the time to, to do this. Thank you. Thank you for Thank having you me. For the, for the invite, yo. <laughs> Absolutely. Greatly appreciate it. Very humble. Mm-hmm. Oh, no problem, man.
Well, I won't be long y'all's time. I mean, like I said, it's on, it's on y'all. I know Ronye said he finna peace out. Uh, yeah, family calling, so I gotta holler y'all. All right, Ronye. <laughs> yes, uh, peace, Neil. Peace. Yes, sir. Rod, good meeting you, brother. Too Lessons to you. For sure. Stay in touch, man. Good to see you, man. Love the dog, man. Ah, it's a beautiful dog right there. Yes, sir. Man's best friend. Yeah. <laughs> you calling all that noise. All right. All right, Miracle. Sis, yes, much love to you. Appreciate you. Definitely. I'll talk to you soon. All right. All right. What's the plan? All right. What was y'all? He brought the dog, right? What was y'all? Y'all we good for some talk. Yeah, I got hey. to be a little happy for y'all. Nah, he's he straight too. <laughs> hey, he's a big baby, bro. He look, he look like he. That's who he is. Like, shoot. <laughs> he about fifteen weeks. He a uh, yeah, oh, wow. yeah, cane corso blue. I I've never heard of that before. It's wow. a blue. Like, he come from a blue pit. The mama was blue. Oh, and the dad was corso. But he black and with a little white trim. Wow. What's his name? Brock. <laughs> he look clean too. He He's look shiny. He look like a panther, yo. <laughs> dog sweet. Good dog. Kids love him. He's easy to train. Like he's easy to train. Mm -hmm. I mean, I like to do a small dog. I don't know about a big dog. You don't want no little big ankle body. You want a big dog, dog. Yeah, hubby want a big dog. Well, I don't know if he want one. You know. He used to talk about it, talking about something. We can uh, get a puppy that grows up with our child at the same time. Like before we had NJ, that's what he would be talking about. And I'm like, so I'm going to be with the puppy and the baby all day? Like, that's, that's the plan. Sunday no. is. Sunday is. And like, I want to tell you something. Like, so, people get pissed with so, a bad name. He's, we grew up with pit bulls. They're good dogs. They're mm -hmm. protective dogs. They're family dogs. And this one, he a family dog. Like, he, people come over in the house. People play with him. I mean, and really, dogs take the spirit of the owner. So, if you got a good spirit, your dog will be calm. Wow. You know, if you see a dog that's got nasty personality, his owner's got nasty personalities. Mm -hmm. Dogs will let you know a lot about a person. That's true. That is true. Yeah, my friend, my friend had a pit. He was a big old kid, yo. <laughs> Maybe I thought a pit looked different. But then again, I got my contacts on the glasses, so this probably why. Hold on for a second. Let's see. I don't know what a pit looks like. I just never seen one that that looked like that before, yo. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I thought the pits looked different. Like they look like. Yeah, he. He a rare breed right there. Like maybe mix. not hair. Maybe pits don't have a lot of yeah. hair. That's what maybe I thought. Nah, he a he a mixed breed. He a cane corso. Them dogs get really big. And then he a, uh he mixed with pits. So he got two pit families in one. Oh, okay, gotcha. Wow. Cause he got tight fur. Like real tight, tight fur. But people's Neil, it was nice meeting you, dog. Yes, sir. Nice to meet you too, man. Definitely.
Get to meet another like-minded brother in the Lord. <laughs> Always. I, I love good conversations, man. It's, it's refreshing spirit. Word up. That's the truth, yo. That's true. Yes, it is. Oh, I got right, it. People. <laughs> Wait, what? It's recording. I forgot. Oh, yeah, I noticed that. Yeah. If you like what you hear, then consider supporting our podcast. Every listener that supports us for $9.99 a month will be entered into our monthly raffle for a chance to win a free gift. So become a supporter today.